0: How to survive until you're published season one episode two how to get started part one guest author jessica vitalis okay we're really excited today to have jessica vitalis um she is a columbia mba uh wielding writer and presenter authored the wolf's curse and standalone companion novel the rabbit's gift which received a school library journal start review her next book coyote queen arrives on october 10th and an, an unnamed novel in verse comes out in 2024 her work has been translated into three languages and she was named a 2021 canada council of the arts grant recipient and featured on cbc's here and now and ctv's your morning jessica spent a part of her childhood in wyoming where a giant Rusted out boat sat in her backyard and howling coyotes kept her awake at night. She now lives in Canada with her husband and two daughters. Okay, we're really excited um, to have you on Jessica. This is um, really neat experience.
1: Thanks for inviting me, I'm happy to be here.
0: This is great, yeah. So um, one of the reasons why we asked you to come on, you did a class at Storymakers um, two years ago And, um, it was a virtual class, but I remember seeing the title, um, as pantsing and I, um, or plantsing, I remember thinking to myself, I feel like I'm smack in the middle between a pantser and a plotter. And I wanted to see your thoughts and insights and, um, the class blew my mind. It was incredible. And so what we want to talk about today is kind of a little bit what you talked about in that class, but just um, kind of how you um, get started with a novel idea. Um, You know, how you come up with a story idea, but then um, even more kind of how you get rolling. Um, So um, let's start with that. Just so, Jessica, how do you get going with like, Okay, let's start with this. How do you um, come up with a story idea?
1: Sure, that is a huge question because all stories are different, but I think the best place to start is with the discussion of whether you are a pantser, which means you write by the seat of your pants and you just sit down and start typing and see what happens. Or if you are a plotter, which is somebody that likes to know every single detail of your story in advance, and you really like to know exactly what you're going to be writing about, the vast majority of us do fall somewhere into the middle. And when I first started writing, I was a pantser and I swore that I would never, ever, ever do any plotting because to me that just sucks all the joy out of sitting down at your computer and letting the story and the characters take over and just following them wherever they might lead you. But as I wrote more and more novels, I realized that if I didn't do at least a little bit of planning in advance, most of my work would be in vain because I would end up with this story that didn't have this cohesive, feel to it. It didn't have a plot that carried me along in a compelling story arc, didn't give me necessarily character growth and development in a way that revealed themes. So I started to develop a process where I tried to figure out what is it exactly that I need to know in order to still let me have fun writing the story and still explore and discover, but not end up with just a huge pile of nothing at the end that I have to try to somehow mold into a story. So I developed, like I said, just a template, and that's what we went through in the workshop, and I think we'll be talking about that a little bit later, that sort of covers some very big picture um, story elements. And so when I sit down to write a story, usually I know very, very little about the story. I might have one thing in mind, like for my upcoming novel, Coyote Queen, when I sat down to write it, I knew it was gonna be about a girl living in an isolated situation in rural Wyoming, but, I didn't know really anything else about her other than that she was going to try to join a beauty pageant to earn some prize money so she and her mother could escape the situation. Mm -hmm. And so I sat down with my template and then I just start in a very methodical way working through the items on the template. And I really don't start writing until I feel like I have a sense of the characters and Um, the character's wants and needs, which we can get into more detail about. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to know every single thing about the story. Like I said, I'm not trying to outline it. I'm just trying to give myself some mile markers. Mm -hmm. I like to think of stories as a sort of destination. And if you know where you want to go, you sort of need to know how to get there. And so if you don't know anything about the story, you might need a very detailed set of directions, or if it's a very familiar story, It might be like your hometown. You don't necessarily need detailed directions. There might be three or four different ways that you can get there, but you kind of want to decide what direction you want to take. So that's how I view my stories. When I sit down to write, I just try to give myself enough information that I know where I'm headed and then I have fun and see where the story takes me. I love that. That's awesome.
0: Wow. That is, that's incredible. That is, that is the best analogy I've heard. That's awesome. That's really good. So, yeah, t- take us through your template. Um, I, I have, I have, I have it pulled up, but um, take us through kind of the basics of of what you go through.
1: Sure. Well, my template is really designed to be a living document, and it's just a very simple Word document where I really look at the big picture elements of my story. And so, the first thing that I usually try to work out is some sort of elevator pitch. And in the beginning, I don't worry too much about making my elevator pitch sound really good like you would pitch to an agent, Mm -hmm. but I just try to get a general sense of who my characters are, who the antagonist might be, and what the stakes are in the story. Most of the time, I don't actually know that when I'm sitting down to start my template, so I just write down anything I do know about Mm -hmm. the story. And then the next thing that I work on is a synopsis. And again, usually when I'm starting out, that's just one sentence. I write down whatever I know. And then as I'm going through this process, I go back and I fill out more and more until it feels more complete so that when I'm done with my story, I don't have to start from scratch, trying to figure out what is my pitch? What is my synopsis? I just keep revising this as I go. I always leave space for my characters and Uh, Sometimes I know something about my character. Sometimes I don't know anything other than 12 year old girl. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Usually, you know, I'll try to find a name um, that sometimes changes depending on how my character develops and whether I feel like the name still fits. So sometimes I have a name, sometimes that stays blank. I always do try to know the location of my story before I start writing. Mm -hmm. Because With my first published novel, The Wolf's Curse, which was the sixth book I had ever written, the very first draft of it, I just had it set in this vaguely European country. And -hmm. because I didn't have a specific location in mind, when I sent it off to my beta readers, they're like, like, we don't know how to visualize this. There's nothing specific about this story to make us feel like we can visualize the setting. So that really taught me that knowing your specific location before you start writing is really important because it informs so many decisions you make about your story in terms of what the world looks like Mm -hmm. and the weather and the time of year and all those sorts of things so location and and timing is also really important if you're writing a book set now that's going to look much different than a book that was set in 1960 or a book set in 2030 so (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah So I think that's something that sometimes people forget is that timing and in particular calendars really matter when you're writing stories. So often when I see first drafts of stories, you're just sort of floating through time and then all of a sudden Halloween pops up and then pretty soon it's Easter and you really don't have any sense how time passed in the story. So that's Mm -hmm. something I try to be cognizant of when I'm writing. Um, Let's see, the next thing that I try to focus on is the rules of my story world and usually mm-hmm. i don't worry too much about that if it's contemporary but that becomes really important if it's fantasy mm-hmm. and It's pretty rare that I know what the rules of my story world are before I start writing, because I tend to find those details out as I'm drafting. And so if there's a rule that's really, really important, I will go back and add that into this document so that as I get, you know, 70,000 words in, I don't have to be like, wait, what was, how did that magic work? I don't, I don't quite remember how I had that system set up.
0: So so what kind of rules? Are you just talking magic or is there like other things regarding that? If you were writing a contemporary novel, would there be what kind of rules?
1: Yeah, for a contemporary novel, it's you need to set up a world that's believable, but most of the time you can kind of remember the story rules in terms of who is the power source in your world what do the politics mm. look like whereas yeah. if you're writing fantasy very often that stuff is made up and in order for it to feel like a real world it has to be very well developed and all of that can be really hard to hold in your head if you're making up a fantasy world yeah so when I'm thinking of rules of the world it's it's really more toward my fantasy novels and I don't okay. worry about for contemporary
0: okay that's cool that so that is really neat
2: With those rules of the world too, you're not just referencing like the rules of your magic system, but how the political system might work and just other like little nuances in that world correct with your fantasy.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's no there's no real formula that I use for what needs to be written down in my rules of the world. That's just sort of where I jot down anything that I think might be hard to remember later. So for example, in The Wolf's Curse, there is a, um, a character who is friends with Lord Mayor Volpine, who's the antagonist in the story. And I could never remember his name. So that would be a place where I would just jot down, you know, here's who this guy is. Here's how he relates to Lord Mayor Volpine, because that was something that he wasn't a big, enough character that it was worth me sort of holding headspace for him but I can just go back and reference like how to spell his name and what his exact title was so any it's just sort of your this is your cheat sheet right this is to make telling the story easier so anything that you need to write down to make things easier for you can and should go on this sheet
2: I like that it keeps everything a little bit more consistent there are so many times I'll be reading through a draft and I'm like oh this side character has just completely disappeared because (laughs) I didn't write it down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: And it can be even things as little as what color eyes does one of your characters have? Yeah. Because, again, often you'll see that, you know, you mentioned green eyes in the beginning and later on the eyes are blue. And so it just it, it just depends on what kind of story you're developing and what kind of details that you're putting into your story and things that you know that may be important later that you don't necessarily need to keep in the forefront of your mind as you're drafting.
2: I like that a lot. Um, so with your outline, because you did mention that it is just to strike a balance between plotting and pantsing. So you mm-hmm. don't outline everything. With that, does that mean that you also write chronologically in your story? Or do you tend to skip around? And does this help keep that straight as well?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have always written chronologically in my stories with a little bit of exception of my 2024 release, which is a novel in verse, because sometimes verses would just come to me that I knew needed to be included, but I wasn't sure where yet. But in general, I find it really helpful to write chronologically, because the entire purpose of a story or the way that you move through a story should be that it's driven by the character's actions, and more importantly, by their reactions to everything Mm -hmm. that happens in the story. So for me, I can't find a way to get to a future scene and know how my character is going to act or react if mm-hmm. that wasn't driven by what came before.
0: Yeah.
1: So I, that's completely personal preference. I know there are lots of fabulous authors out there who can just jump around and write scenes here and there. For my brain, I just really need it to feel like it's a logical progression. So I have a couple of things that kind of carry me on that journey. And the first one in this planning document is The one thing that I always, always, always have to know before I start writing is I need to know what my character's wants and needs are. And for me, the character want is usually something kind of external. It's like a story goal that they are going to pursue that's going to drive the action plot of the story. And it's the thing that is going to make them feel happy at the end. It's what they believe is going to give them sort of happiness. And then I always look at what the character really needs. And usually that's something internal that they need to discover about themselves or about the world. And that's the thing that is actually going to bring them happiness. And it's that journey from them pursuing their want all the way through the book. And and even though they don't recognize it, things are happening that are eventually going to force them at the climax to decide whether their want is really important or whether they're going to embrace their need and find true happiness. And so that for me really drives the progression of the story. And then I always try to think about major plot points. So again, I am not by any stretch of the imagination an outliner, but I find that if I know exactly what each act of the story generally from a story perspective needs to happen, and I can just plug in a few major plot points. And then it gives me again, that roadmap that tells me like, oh, okay, I'm on this journey. I need to take a left-hand turn here. Here's my plot point that tells me to do that. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of wiggle room for me to take back roads and have a lot of fun discovering how to get to my next plot point.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. That is awesome. So yeah, what I have down is you outline the hook, the inciting incident, the pinch point one, the midpoint, pinch point two, and climax. Is that about right?
1: That is about right. The the really important thing for me is thinking about story in terms of four acts instead of the traditional three-act structure. So normally you would think of the first act as being 25%, the second act of the story being the middle 50%, and then the third act of the story being the final 25%. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that leaves 50% of the story for what we call the muddy middle. Like mm-hmm. what the heck is supposed to happen mm-hmm. for hundreds of pages in the middle mm-hmm. of a story? I find that completely overwhelming. So I prefer the four act structure, which is just dividing the story into four equal acts of 25% each. And so the first act becomes this introduction where you're sort of setting the scene for the story to come. And that's where you have your hook and your inciting incidents. And then at the 25% point, you have the uh, first plot point. And that's what really kicks the story into motion. And that carries you into the second act of the story, which is then really the main character reacting to the antagonist. And I like to think of that as sort of the fun and games part of the story where
2: mm-hmm.
1: there isn't necessarily always fun and games happening on the page. It can be really horrible, the things that are happening to the main character, but it's fun for the reader to discover the new rules of the story world and watch the, the main character be sort of on the run. And then that carries you through the midpoint that you mentioned, which is... A point that fundamentally changes something in the story so that the main character goes from being reactive to becoming a sort of warrior. And that doesn't mean they pick up swords and start fighting. It just means that they really, in a very, um, very active way with lots of agency, pursue their story goal. And so that carries you all the way through act three. And then you have the second plot point, which is the final chance in the novel to introduce new information. And then by then you're into act four, which is the climax and resolution of the story. So for me, if you internalize those and you know what's supposed to happen in each act and have a general sense of the plot points, then you don't really need an outline because as you're writing, you sort of know, again, it's that journey that you're on. You know what your destination is and you can kind of have fun figuring out how to get there.
2: It's awesome.
1: I love that. I'm definitely going
2: to have to steal that. I've definitely thought of story writing more as a three act structure and then Mm -hmm. tried to fit in. And I know the murky middle, right? The muddy middle. That's where I always get lost. But I think having those extra pinch points helps. And I'm not going to lie. I did actually use your planting document from Storymakers on the last draft I wrote of my manuscript and having just that helped so much so I can definitely attest to what you're saying it's very useful.
1: Excellent I'm so glad to hear that and one thing I want to mention when we're talking about the murky middles is that there is a book by James Scott Bell I think it's called writing from the middle that you can find online but he talks about this idea of a specific mirror moment at the exact middle of your manuscript where the main character is confronted with the actual theme in the story so usually it's sometimes it can be actually looking in the middle and reflecting but usually it's a side character of some sort telling them their need what it is that they really need to learn in the story but of course the main character is so deeply committed to what they think they want in the story that they reject that need and it's that moment specifically that compels them to go on the offensive and become the warrior and really in an active way pursue their story goal and I think if you think about that midpoint as being a catalyst for giving your character more agency that really helps a lot with that big murky middle and and how to divide out act two and three
0: yeah that's that's the one thing I remember sticking out to me hardcore from your from your presentation that's like all I think about when I think about Um, the midpoint now is just that mirror moment where they have to reflect. And that's, I, the, the novel I'm working on right now, um, the midpoint was the one piece I knew for sure, for, so for the whole time I was planning it. And it was, I, I just remember in the back of my head, I was like, it's a mirror moment. It's gotta be a moment where, and I have two, I have two main characters where both of them have to reflect and, and get faced with what they have and then reject it. And it's it's been really cool to kind of see how that has really helped my characters develop. And
1: yeah, James Scott Bell actually recommends like designing your entire novel around the midpoint moment. Hmm. I find for me that I don't usually know the midpoint moment until I've written the story. So for me, again, to start a story, it's really... Obviously, I need to know the hook and the inciting incident to kick off my story. I always need to know my first plot point because that is the one thing that sets your story off in a certain direction. Like prior to that, you could write any variation of many millions of different stories, but your first plot point really points you in one direction and says, this is the road you're taking on your story. And then the other thing that I absolutely have to know before I start writing is my climax or some sense of how things are going to resolve. Because again, you would never go on vacation or get in your car to drive somewhere and not know where you want to end up. So sometimes I know the midpoint along the way, and sometimes that's revealed to me. But I think in any case, no matter what way you approach the story, the interesting thing about this working with this want and need is that it reveals the themes of your story too, because it's that movement from your character, wanting something to needing something that tells you what the real heart of your story is.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. So we just have, um, a few more minutes. Um, um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, Jessica, I, I think, I, I think I asked at the beginning, I, I can't remember exactly how much we covered it, but I wanted to ask um, where your stories originate like where your ideas like where do you get ideas like if for someone that is just running dry because that has totally happened to me multiple occasions where do you you want to like get your creative outlet out there you want to like really build something great but you just can't come up with something where yeah I love this question
1: out? because there are There are people out there, I feel like so many creatives are like, I have so many story ideas, there's no way I can write them all. There's no way I have time for that. And I have never had that feeling. I find Mm -hmm. coming up with story ideas really, really challenging Mm -hmm. and really scary. So for me, it's kind of a combination of relying on what's already out there and looking back at my life experience. So for example, The Wolf's Curse, I had written five stories prior to that. None of them had sold. I was really frustrated with my career or lack thereof, and I really wanted to write something that would sell. And I remember very distinctly standing in front of my bookcase and looking at all the published books, and one in particular jumped out at me, and that was The Book Thief by Marcus Susack, which is the story of a, of a essentially a foster girl in Nazi Germany. And the real beauty in that story is that it's narrated by death. And that was so cool to me that it was like a light bulb moment where I just thought, hey, what if I take that story and I try to write it specifically for a middle grade market where I take Mm. death as the main character. And so that what if question It turns out becomes the secret to all of my story ideas because for my companion novel the rabbit's gift i knew that i didn't want to write about death again i wanted in fact to write about birth but birth wasn't appropriate for children of course and i stumbled across this french myth where babies are actually grown in cabbage-like plants and I didn't necessarily want to tackle that and I definitely didn't want to tackle it based on the two-minute silent film from 1896 that I had found which depicts fairies plucking these cabbage plants I wasn't interested in writing a fairy story so again I went back to that what if question and asked myself well what if it's not fairies plucking these cabbage plants what if it's rabbits and so again You can take anything something that's already out there a story that you love and you can just say well what if what if i take this one piece what if i change that and you keep asking those questions until you have something that feels really unique in terms of a character in terms of a conflict and in terms of a setting and i ended up doing the same thing with my upcoming novel coyote queen which is actually based on my childhood and it's the first story I ever wrote. So almost 20 years ago, I wrote a memoir, and that story did not work at all for a whole variety of reasons. And so maybe five years ago, I picked up that story and I said, well, what if I fictionalized that story? What if I left out you know, a whole bunch of the things that didn't work because this is supposed to be a, a kid's story? And then what if I add just a little twist of magic? And so mm-hmm. I think by always being open to what if possibilities, you can take any element in your life or anything around you and you can just start playing with it until it turns into a compelling story.
2: I love that. So is there a challenge you would like to give to writers just starting off? What, or what advice could you give them? It's kind of like a final question.
1: The advice that I have for writers starting off is to figure out specifically what age category and what genre you want to write in, and then go read 10 books in that space that would be considered comps for you. And don't read them like a reader, read them like a writer. And so analyze them for the different things that we talked about today and figure out, did they follow this same formula? If they didn't, why didn't they do it, do you think? And does it work? And would the story be stronger if they had followed this? There are so many different ways to write stories. The way I do it isn't the only way or even necessarily the best way, but it's really informative. If you take a certain framework and you apply it to what's already out there, you can learn a tremendous amount about how stories are crafted and put together by comparing and contrasting in that way.
2: Okay,
0: great. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, We'll um put that out there. Um okay, thank you, Jessica, so much for your time. We really appreciate you coming on. And I am blown away by the information that you've given us. Um again, this was so good. Um, and I took some took some good notes for myself. Um so thank you again. And um for everybody out there, check out her book that is coming out in October called Coyote Queen. Um, we're really excited for her. So Um, Thank you again, Jessica.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Okay. Thanks. Have a nice day. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye.